Available at farmnewsnow.com or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Agriculture through a modern lens. This is the AgriPod with Alice McFarland. On this episode, farmers and ranchers were interviewed over the past year for a mental health project organized by Saskatchewan Polytechnic and its research chair for rural health. Patient advisors with a background in agriculture conducted those interviews. Sherry LaVenture is a marketing specialist with Cargill and was one of those interviewers. LaVenture volunteered for the project as a way to cope with the loss of her brother to suicide in 2015. She says no one knew he was struggling until it was too late. There are lots of difficulties associated with being a rancher in a drought year, but many producers do not know about how high nitrate levels in feed can affect the cow's ability to absorb vitamin A and its implications on calves. Dr. John Campbell with the University of Saskatchewan is a professor of large animal clinical sciences. He'll share some of those concerns from the recent Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference. After the break, Sherry LaVenture. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. More than 100 farmers and ranchers participated in the Saskatchewan Polytechnic Project to develop mental health programs that will be designed by ranchers and farmers for ranchers and farmers. The hour-long interviews were conducted by patient advisors like Sherry LaVenture, who was a marketing specialist for Cargill. Sherry, uh, first of all, tell us how you got involved, and I understand that you have a very personal connection to farmer mental health. About a couple of years ago or so, Michelle Pavlov, who is the principal researcher on a farm and rancher mental health initiative, was looking for patient advisors. And so what patient-oriented research is, where the people who have lived experience in farming, ranching, and mental health are part of the team that decides where the research goes, follows along with some of the things that we follow up on, are more driven by me as a patient advisor and the other patient advisors, as well as the professionals, you know, the doctors, the PhDs, all those grew up on a family farm west of Bigger and uh, spent over 40 years of my life on a farm. In 2015, I lost my brother to suicide. He too was a farmer. He did not uh, share with anybody his mental health struggles. He was very stoic, which I think a lot of uh, farmers and ranchers are. And so it was a, a big shock to our family. We are a very close family. I know lots of families will say the same thing, but my brother and I shared lots. So if I didn't know it, nobody knew it. So he kept that to himself. So I became passionate about the stigma around uh, mental health. And for that reason, when Michelle was looking for patient advisors, I reached out to her and said, yes, I'd like to be a part of the project. There's always help out there. Is it always effective right away? Is it always a fast fix? No. But nobody can help you if you don't share. If you don't open up and say, hey, I'm struggling right now and I need some help. So even if that's through a text message, we have a 211 service in Canada, which you don't even have to call and talk to anybody. You can just text them and say, I'm struggling right now, and they can put you in touch with the support that you need. So yes, it's very important. And not only has it been difficult for farmers and ranchers, but also for people that are working in the agriculture sector, and many of those people also farm. And uh, I understand that Cargill stepped up 
by recognizing the seriousness of the situation and is also providing training? This has been an unprecedented year for sure. And Cargill has been great. I've been with them for four years. About three years ago, I went to them and I said, you know, I think we need to start training our staff in mental health awareness and suicide awareness and mental health first aid. So I coordinated with some uh, trainers and we have been offering that to our employees for the last three years now. I'm hoping later we'll offer it to our customers as well, but that's yet to be seen. But it has given our staff some real good, solid uh, learning. So not only for themselves, but with their interactions with the customers, right? There was lots of stresses this year in the environment we had with the drought. And as a person who's dealing daily with that, you know, you couldn't even go home and kind of get away from it. It was It's always there. So really, really important that we give tools to our people so that they they at least are aware of the resources that are out there. The training that we offer at Cargill is through ABK Wellness. Um, they're certified in uh, applied suicide intervention skills, mental health first aid, and Safe Talk, a program about suicide alertness for everyone. And they can all be taken online or in person. With COVID, we had to switch to an online environment for our mental health trainings, but um, just as effective and just as good. So those are some of the areas where a person could turn. We also have the 211 number that people can turn to as well. So there is supports out there for not only, you know, people working in the, in the industry, but people who aren't in the industry as well. Sometimes all our customers need is just an ear and somebody to listen. When you've been working with a customer for many, many years and you've developed that relationship, the staff is also going to be able to pick up on cues that things aren't maybe just quite right with that person, right? They can see the, the physical, mental changes in that person. And by being trained in suicide awareness and mental health first aid, it also gives you the tools to watch for that, right? And I think lots of times our staff would maybe listen to a farmer and or a rancher and then not be sure what to do. When you have this training behind you, you know what to do. You know what the next step is. So you don't feel like you're lost. So let's talk about the Farmer and Rancher Mental Health Initiative. Share with us what you have heard from farmers and how do you use that information? We did the one-on-one interviews. Originally, they were supposed to be done, you know, either at the kitchen table or in the buddy seat in the tractor. And then COVID came along. So they've all been uh, telephone interviews about an hour long, some a little bit longer. We've gotten lots of really good feedback from um, our producers, but there is some themes, right? Some of the barriers that our producers are facing is there's really a lack of available resources in the rural areas. And there's also a lack of awareness about what is out there. The other barrier that we heard time and time again, when farmers did reach out for help to say a psychologist or a psychiatrist, the person at the other end did not understand their business did not understand fully farm culture. And more often than not, the producer just quit going because they didn't feel heard. Again, if they're coming from four and a half hours away to see a psychiatrist in Saskatoon, that's a whole day out of their work life 
that they have to be away from their operation in order to have, you know, an hour-long visit with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. So there's time and time again, we heard those are some of the main barriers that producers are facing. I sure hope it's changing in our older demographic, and I think it is changing with our younger ones. I think there's been more awareness around mental health being so important, just as important as our physical health, right? And having the confidence to speak about it and talk about it and not have to hide it like my brother did. So I think we're getting there. Are we there yet? No, we've got a ways to go. But the more we we do these things, the more research that goes into this, the better we are along that journey. So coming up is phase two. I understand the initiative is going to partner with Massage Therapy Association of Saskatchewan. So what role will those RMTs play at this next level? You know, there's massage therapy clinics in most small little rural areas everywhere. And we know that farmers and ranchers, that's a service that they'll go to, right? They might not go to their family doctor and say they're struggling, but they go to their massage therapist for for massages. So we've partnered with them just to have them gauge the stress level of their clients and to let us know what they're seeing out there in the rural areas as well. We need to have a bulk of data once we're done this research project so that we can take the data and send it up the chain or to government officials or the health authority and say, this is what we're seeing and hearing. You know, farmers are telling us this. And this is what they'd like to see for support. So we've partnered with the uh, association and um, we've also like they've partnered with Cargill. We've also partnered with the Senior Centres Without Walls Saskatchewan and the Youth Matter Canada. And they're offering strategies in mental wellness with them, as well as the Do More Egg Foundation, Lumica Health and Avail. Avail is the new app that Saskatchewan government has brought in. So those are also some of the partnerships we've partnered with. I think the awareness around uh, mental health, the uniqueness around our farmers and ranchers and what they're needing, especially this last year that we've gone through, I'm appreciative of of the media um, focusing on it and getting the word out there. So just thank you for that. Sherry LaVenture is a marketing specialist for Cargill and is a patient advisor who conducted interviews on mental health. After the break, Dr. John Campbell will discuss why vitamin A deficiencies should be a real concern for cattle producers this year. Digging into the topics that matter to you. The AgriPod with Alice McFarland. Vitamin A deficiency in calves should be on a producer's radar in years following a severe drought. Calves get their vitamin A in colostrum and high nitrate levels in feed can interfere with the cow's absorption of vitamin A. Dr. John Campbell is a professor of large animal clinical sciences at the University of Saskatchewan. So, John, let's uh, get down to it and maybe, first of all, explain why this is such a concern. It's got to go through a bunch of stuff in the animal to get converted to retinol, vitamin A. It's converted there in the intestine and then eventually stored in the liver. It's stored in the liver and the fatty tissues and the liver contains about 90% of the vitamin A of the animal. And it's got sort of two to four months of storage. So they can get filled up on vitamin A usually in a grazing season and that'll last them two to four months uh, uh, afterwards as they sort of can use that up. And, and hopefully in a regular year, that might get us close to green grass again. 
So we're talking about vision problems and even blindness can be caused by a severe vitamin A deficiency? That's a pretty important one. It's an early sign of vitamin A deficiency in people as well. They get night blindness. It can also cause defects in bone growth. Probably importantly for us, it can cause defects in reproduction. And then there may be skin lesions and and things like that with epithelial tissues affected in their growth, et cetera. Now, in your presentation to the Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference, you talked about a study conducted a number of years ago by two colleagues at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine, Dr. Cheryl Waldner and Dr. Fabian uh, Eulinger. What did their work find? They looked at about 150 herds in Alberta and Saskatchewan and looked at serum vitamin A levels in calves. And about 58% of the calves were classified as less than adequate. So that's not deficient, but that's not ideal. And they could demonstrate that if your farm was in the area that had less than 200 millimeters of rainfall, which is a lot of Western Canada this year, you were far more likely to have vitamin A deficiency in your calves. So you also shared a specific case that you were involved with a number of years ago that showed uh, those vision issues. Maybe just uh, explain that to us. It was about a 227 Simmental cross herd, pretty well managed, really. They did most things right, vaccinated, and cows were in good body condition, etc. And and in May, when we went out there, they had about 43 cows that had calved, and they had six calves showing neurological signs. They were circling, they were walking backwards, they were stargazing, they were kind of dopey. And they brought some three dead calves and two of these affected calves into the college for us to have a look at. When we went out to the clinic, out to the farm, rather, uh, I took uh, somebody much smarter than me, our up, one of our ophthalmologists, Dr. Osinchuk, and she uh, used her fancy retinal camera and took pictures of a whole bunch of these calves' eyes. And we were able to demonstrate that they had all sorts of retinal dysplasia, so abnormal development of the retina. And that was what was primarily causing their blindness. So they had retinal detachment, they had multiple IR abnormalities, and these were all very consistent with vitamin E deficiency. So these uh, cows and heifers that had these calves had been overwintered on a reasonable ration, but basically no other supplementation. I think it was a screening pellet-based ration uh, for the most part, but there was no trace mineral supplementation, vitamin supplementation with that. And uh, there was a reasonable drought that year as well in this particular area. And so uh, these cattle had uh, very low levels of vitamin A. And as a result, their calves were born uh, with these uh, obvious vitamin A deficiency problems. So just tell us again why this current vitamin A situation is a concern. We've had a significant drought with very little green grazing. We've got probably poor quality stored forages that are probably low in vitamin A as well. And so I think for most of our cow herds, our vitamin A stores in the liver will be depleted much sooner than usual. Probably the best way to supplement it is through feeding. Uh, It's probably the most cost-effective way, but obviously that's more difficult in in places where we only have free choice access to mineral or we're doing extended grazing systems or something like that, free choice mineral doesn't really always ensure everybody's getting it. So you want to monitor intakes and think about that and try to encourage intakes maybe by incorporating salt with the mineral or or something like that. Or this might be the one year where we should consider the use of injectable products. 
The injectable vitamin A lasts about 60 days. We had a huge shortage of it a few years ago. I think uh, they're pretty well back up in that factory in Germany and we can get the product now. So probably in those last two months prior to calving would be the ideal time to give it to cows. Uh, you might want to inject your newborn calves if your cow supplementation is questionable, but this is probably the one year where we've got to be quite concerned about vitamin A. Dr. John Campbell is a professor of large animal clinical sciences at the University of Saskatchewan. This is the Agriculture News Roundup for the week of January 24, 2022. Some cattle producers said that they are running out of food for their animals and train delays and the impact of last summer's drought combined to create a crisis situation. The Alberta Cattle Feeders Association said several large feedlots housing anywhere from 20,000 to 40,000 head of cattle have indicated they could run out of food soon. The industry group said the situation is now an animal welfare issue. Brandt Group of Companies plans to add over 1,500 new positions to its workforce this year. About half of the projected new positions will be in the company's tractor locations across Canada, Australia and New Zealand. About 40% will be focused on boosting manufacturing in Regina, Saskatoon and Illinois. And the remainder will be in corporate support roles in the company's Regina locations. CEO Sean Semple said they're looking for skilled tradespeople, everything from welders, assemblers, painters, machine operators, along with business professionals and administration. Brandt is holding career fairs across Canada and the U.S. The latest porcine epidemic diarrhea outbreak in Manitoba followed the same patterns as 2017 and 2019. Manitoba Pork Manager of Swine Health Janelle Hamblin said there have been 64 confirmed cases of PED in southeastern Manitoba and a few cases west of Highway 17. Hamblin said they're continuing to look at biosecurity breaches on farm as well as in transit or visiting high traffic locations. A Saskatchewan company is building a million-dollar flax straw processing plant in Regina. Prairie Clean Energy President Mark Cooper said the waste straw would be processed into pellets and sold worldwide for a biofuel in power plants and other heating uses. Cooper held introductory talks last week in Regina with Japanese Power Company, and he said the company expects to buy about 6,000 tons of flax straw this year. Egg Farmers of Canada will double its egg donations in support of people and communities in need. Roughly 3.5 million eggs will go to food banks across the country as the pandemic continues to impact food security in every province and territory. Food Banks Canada appealed to the country's more than 1,200 egg farmers for more local eggs. Egg Farmers Chair Roger Palesero said that producers have responded to the call. Well, another farm show has been cancelled after attempts to reschedule due to the pandemic. Manitoba Ag Days 2022 was postponed initially in January with the hope of setting a new date. Public health orders limiting indoor events to 50% capacity to a maximum of 250 people per event, but Ag Days can draw up to 18,000 people per day. Organizers said with the uncertainty of the reopening plan in Manitoba and with the current state of the pandemic, they had no option but to cancel the show this year. The next Manitoba Ag Days will be January 17th to 19th, 2023. If you like what you've heard, you can rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and make sure to subscribe to AgriPod with Alice McFarlane for more weekly episodes. 
The AgriPod is produced by Colby Heiss with host and CJVR Agriculture Director Alice McFarlane and is a division of the Jim Pattison Broadcast Group. Available wherever you find your favorite podcast and at farmnewsnow.com.